0: Welcome to Summer Bays, the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a weekly look at the trials and those big old tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week I do a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters are very good at finding themselves in, like, would Martha have ever told her husband or her daughter that she was a mother to a 30-something-year-old man? Or should Justin fire Ziggy for involving his garage in a drug deal? Get ready to feel closer each day to Home and Away. Now, before I get started, I just want to share that this is a no-spoiler podcast. I don't look ahead to what's happening. I personally hate watching the little here's coming up tomorrow on Home and Away. I don't read the descriptions. I don't do any of that stuff. It makes the show so much better. I actually do with all TV and I highly recommend you do the same. The twists and turns are so much better. It's such a game changer. Just give yourself that gift. It's so good. Now, Summer Bays is on Instagram at Summer Bays Podcast. Or if you want to get in touch on email, it is summerbayspodcast at gmail.com. Well, my, oh my, that was a week of many spinning plates of many storylines We're setting up for cliffhangers. We're trying to sort out storylines. And that's all because these episodes that we've just watched this week were part of the season finale week of Home and Away that aired in Australia at the end of November. So Thursday and Friday's episodes were part of this triple bill of the season finale. And Monday's episode that'll be aired on RTE, is the actual season finale, the Australian one. Then Tuesday will be the start of the new season. And we don't have to wait the two months because we've already done that wait. You know the way the broadcasts are kind of out of sync. So that's why there's this big, almost like, I feel like some of the the episodes, especially Thursday and Friday, they're filmed a little differently. They're a bit more ceremonious. And there's a few more cliffhangers. So there's going to be a lot to get through in today's episode. <laughs> but the first storyline I want to talk about this week is Martha. So she returns from Marimula very frazzled, confesses to Alf that she has a son and poor Alf is so upset. And Rue, she tells Rue a bit better, but they're both going, would you ever have told us? And I, I like how Rue pushed Martha for to take some accountability, being like, "You have to do better than that, mom." Look, I understand the relationship with Kieran is complicated. She hasn't seen him in years, but she and then she kind of plays a mental health card. But anyway, look, there maybe it was an anxiety over like Ruth and Alf disowning her, but that would like never happen. But it's when Kieran shows up, <laughs> I just what a bad egg. What a bad egg. He was getting so antsy when Maz, who stayed so strong, by the way, getting so antsy when she wouldn't give him the phone number. And like, OK, firstly, from like a GDPR point of view, that's a good thing to do. And obviously, Marilyn has been through enough in her life to know that not, not to do that. But he was really convincing. And I think anyone could have easily fallen for that. And it just went on and on and on. So... As much as like as it's funny how cautious Martha is being and I loved how uh, protective Alf is and he kinda has to screen Kieran first, he confronts him and they set out rules for Kieran. So hopefully he'll be okay, but I think there's enough raised eyebrows and Marilyn's face kind of said it all really. He seems like a real bad egg and do you know what? I think we're we're kinda due a bit of a villain or someone who's gonna like a bad guy and I feel like Kieran is like getting ready to step into that spot. And (laughs) how awkward was it when Rue and Kieran meet for the first time. Rue knows who he is, but Kieran's like, I didn't know I had a sister. (laughs) They're like sitting on upturned boats on the beach and he's like, Oh, okay, I have a sister, great And they kind of just glide by it. Absolutely love that. Martha, you're so crafty. Not telling anyone any of your business. Woman of mystery. I love it. So with Tori and Christian, right, he returns after a few days away. She's missed him terribly. But they returned to the argusation they were having before he left, all about Jasmine, three people being in their relationship, blah, blah, blah. Tori was really making mountains out of molehills, being like, oh my God, she's ignoring us. And like, Jasmine's just quietly looking at her phone, waiting for a pizza. I'm glad they finally knocked that storyline on the head of, of Jasmine's place in Grace's life. And it's nice that that's been all put to bed because it's just a bit of a predictable storyline in a way. And... We've had enough of Jasmine and Grace. I think I think everyone's kind of happy to move on from that. So it's just kind of weird how Jasmine went from like crazy to guys relax in a matter of days. So I'm glad everyone's just on the same page. Thank you. Next. But <laughs> next issue, Christian... Comes home with this epiphany moment and is like, I'm going to move permanently to the bay. And Tory reacts in now what I think is just like a normal Tory reaction and is just totally against the idea. So does not take the news well. And I think it's she's so resistant to his love. He's literally her prince charming who swanned into her life. And I understand that she's probably like, I can't believe it. I'm not worthy of this and Anatomy style doctor and like why does he like me so much and her thinking that he's going to wake up one day and be like oh my god what have I done he can't see that he's genuinely interested in her which is I suppose in a way endearing but he really has to spell it out for her to get it through her head and I'm gladly, I brought it up with Tori and kind of pointed the finger back at her being like do you think he'll get bored of the bay or bored of you and I think that explains the reluctance there So that's great. He's moving to the Bay. I kind of thought he lived there anyway quite permanently. But it kind of adds a cool dimension to the hospital. You know, couple running local hospital. Yeah, I no, I am into it. And it's just nice because Tori's history with men has been so, so bad. Like, I think her last relationship was Ash, Martin Ashford, a former River boy who was never really into her. No, so I'm just glad she's really I'm just glad like all this has been worth the wait and hopefully I'm not speaking too soon <laughs> and just a quick mention for love on the 50s so what a cute friendship that was struck up between John and Irene so Irene becomes his confidant for John he's having vents about silver dreams getting ghosted and then they end up going on a date and I was very uncomfortable i couldn't stop thinking like what is happening what is happening are they trying to set these two up no 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 but then i was like maybe it's opposite tracks and then i thought of that you know that episode of friends when joey and rachel go out on a date then joey starts to really fancy rachel after that i was kind of fearing that something like that might happen now i don't think it will and I think it's it's obviously just platonic, and it's kind of it's very cute seeing them together. Really, like I I do love their dynamic, and I think Irene is great, advice giver for the like you don't need any of that online stuff. She can kind of listen to his woes and encourage him, saying, "Look, you don't need this online crap," essentially. <laughs> And that's about all the nice things I have to say about the blossoming love stories in the Bay. Um, So Ziggy is super swamped in work. Justin's starting to cop on that things aren't going great. Loads of overdue invoices, loads of things not done, electricity getting turned off. And Ziggy's kind of depending on Tane for help and lying to Justin about... How work is going, like, hey Harry, you? hope you're feeling okay. And then the garage gets raided. And <laughs> I think Ziggy's face throughout this when she's like driving up, then during the raid when the cops are everywhere and Justin's being like, What the hell's going on? She has a great acting job being like, What all is all this? And then when she sits back in the car, she's like, Oh my god, like what fear. My my heart will be in my mouth. Oh my god. Tommy's doing acrobats and just while that is all going on we've got Ari and Tane scoping out a venue that they're being blackmailed into doing an armed robbery of you know keeping it (laughs) just going to have a look I guess and it seems like their hand is kind of twisted in this that they have to do it but I just find it interesting that this and the garage are happening at the same time and poor Ari's going down the like prison route So I really don't know how they're going to get out of that, because if they do this job, then they'll just be blackmailed into doing another job. Like, the cycle will just keep continuing. They're going to have to, like, go to the police or something. Then they're definitely getting in trouble. I don't know. So from Tani's perspective, he has a lot going on. He's got his brother thinking that he's going to end up in prison or dead. And then he's got Ziggy screaming at him about this whole garage situation. So, (laughs) just... Very busy, Tana, you know, being a mediocre criminal. But it was great that Tana stepped in and told Justin it was him. Save Ziggy's bacon, even though she's kind of innocent in this, but she's also been quite compliant. And I think a little bit like, okay, look, it's not as bad as murder. But she broke up with Dean because he was involved in a murder that he wanted no part of, tried to get Colby not to murder Ross. He was just in the wrong place at the wrong time when when it happened and he was just trying to catch Ross. His intention was never to kill Ross. He was screaming, don't do it, don't do it, while Colby pulled the trigger and killed him. Okay, and Ziggy obviously knows all this and can't get back with Dean because of this reason, because Dean was kind of along for the ride and then, okay, I know they helped buried the body and tried to forget about it. And that was when Ziggy and Dean were starting to go out in their whole relationship. It's kind of a lie. <laughs> so we'll just put a little pin in that. So Ziggy can't forgive Dean because he was involved in a crime he didn't want to be involved in. Let's, if we sim- distill it down to that. Well, what the hell is Ziggy doing? She's involved in a crime. She's taxied a load of drugs across country with Willow. She, she was harboring them in her boss's garage and, Or she hid it from the cops, she hid it from Leah, Justin, Tory, everyone. And she's kind of done the same, morally the same thing. I know that's a stretch, but you'd think that that might give Ziggy a bit of understanding into what the position Dean was in. Just a thought, right? (laughs) Okay. So when Justin grills Ziggy about what the hell happened... And asking her, like, why didn't you tell anyone? And Ziggy's like, go on then, fire me. And it's like, she deserves to be fired. She 100% deserves to be fired. And I know he wants to be like a nice boss or whatever. And she was left to the place on her own when she really wasn't ready. But at the same time, like, her snapping back at him is just so stupid. And I'm so glad Justin said, well, the last time you helped out a friend, it was Dean and now it's Tani. Thank you. Yes. Justice for Justin. Because that's exactly what's happening. Ziggy is doing a terrible job. She couldn't stay on top of everything. In fairness, it's a two-man job, maybe even three-man job. And Justin was out for a long time. Okay, you're swamped. But she never asked for help. And the only person she asked was a guy who stored drugs. Like, you should have asked somebody else. There's, like, loads of people. And then when she stormed off from Justin being like, how dare you just fire me or, like, leave me alone kind of thing. But then Pot Kettle, you end up saying sorry to Tani, saying thank you to Tane and then hooking up with him. So, excuse me, what is happening there? Uh, so, people are telling you exactly what's going on. You're still getting defensive. And I don't know how I feel about Tane and Ziggy. I think he's really looking for a genuine connection. From fancying Mac, I think he learned this is what I would want my, a girlfriend to be or I like this idea of having a girlfriend and then seeing Mac and Ari together. He's like, wow, I really want that. So I think he's, okay, crime aside, he's looking for a genuine connection. I don't know if Ziggy is, so I kind of feel bad for Tane in a way. And like, Ziggy's only just had a relationship, like, so, and it's just the exact same pattern and they're being so open about this pattern of Ziggy of like, oh, I'll be nice to the bad boy. We'll try change each other. And then we'll get together after this really long friendship. Like everyone's even saying that this is her pattern. So I wonder, will this be just like a hookup thing or will it be the real zeal? (laughs) And now for Angelo and Taylor. I actually got a pain in my head from all the eye rolling I did for these two. Ah, It's just so, I oh, just, I just want to say a massive good riddance. Just go, go, get out of here. And okay, before I get into it, firstly, what was with all this Angelo having these chats with Alf? It kind of comes up to him asking a little bit for advice and then his the only person he basically says goodbye to is Alf as well. I thought that was so weird. Also, since Angelo's come off the case, he's now in like very relaxed clothing, like weekend Angelo. There's no suits and I feel like he's such a Ken doll, but also I know I can't really see him anymore, but and when he was talking to Alf down at the bay, when he was talking to Alf down at the shop, he lets his arms hang in front of him and it just looks like this weird Ken doll. So funny. Well, definitely reflective of his change of tune. He's now gone from like Mr. Serious Workhorse to Mr. Super Sensitive, who wants to make his marriage work. So when Taylor and Colby say goodbye and he sadly lets her go, he finds out she's talking to Angelo. He goes over to to get a drink and just lets out a tear. He's very emotional, comes back and they kind of say goodbye. He's like, I'm in here for 25 years. I'm never going to get out. Go to Angelo. So Taylor comes back and judges the whole thing as this kind of goodbye. Right. But is it not so obvious to Colby, Angelo and Taylor and probably anybody else with a brain in the bay that Angelo is complete second fiddle to Colby. Taylor still loves Colby but just can't because he's in prison and he murdered someone. So... Her going to say goodbye to him gave her the closure. But it's because they can't be together is why she'd consider Angelo. If Colby had gotten away with the murder and nobody ever really found out, Taylor would have chosen Colby. She would not have chosen Angelo. So it's easy to get back with your ex, as we all know, And it's even easier when you're already married. So you don't have to do any of that paperwork of divorce, separation, what have you. And so and then Angelo doing all this like, oh, I can be a spontaneous gentleman. Here's a date at Salt and reminisce about our little Italian dives we used to go to. Does Taylor not realise, like I really had a soft spot for Taylor. I really did. But Angelo's definitely going to go back to his old ways. Okay, yes, he's taking time off work, but he will work again. And you can say goodbye to your husband and hello to another affair or hello to a divorce, hello to whatever. And it's just so transparent. He's only going to take like three weeks off. He's such a bloody work addict that he doesn't care. What they need to be doing is like therapy or him get another job or him like work out that weird focusing thing he gets. But goodbye, good luck, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> but the only good thing I think came out of their whole departure was Taylor encouraging Jasmine to go visit Colby. Why hadn't Jasmine thought about visiting him before? Like, why wouldn't you? Okay, I I know you can't really understand. And I know really can't compute that the Colby who you knew and loved is now a murderer. But as Irene said, he's still Colby and he must be feeling so alone. So next week, probably Monday... It will be nice to see Jasmine's visit. But as Taylor and Angelo were driving out of the bay, I I couldn't help but wonder <laughs> Okay, just take the murder off the the table there and the storyline kind of kept continuing. So right when right before Colby got arrested, Jasmine was planning to ask Colby to donate sperm so Jasmine could have a baby. Meanwhile, it was quite unfinished business between Taylor and Colby. So I wonder what would have happened if Jasmine ended up having Colby's baby while Colby was having an affair slash maybe run away with Taylor. <laughs> so I'm glad that got to end the water because it's only just because Taylor and Jasmine were friends. It was basically Taylor's only friend in the Bay. So a few weeks ago when Taylor and Jasmine were chatting about... Um, About the affair and then I wonder with Jasmine's head was she was like, oh, he was literally about to ask for that man's sperm. (laughs) Gas. Anyway. (gasps) (laughs) And speaking of Daryl Colby and his sperm. um, (laughs) Sorry bad opener. Um, we have Dean MIA and Bella even more abandoned and having to do her visits to Colby on her own but I was actually kind of glad she had that that visit on her own. I think they kind of needed it. If Dean was there there'd be a weird dynamic and by the looks of it I don't think Dean is going to be visiting a prison anytime soon but Colby being the super intuitive and protective older brother cops on that Dean has skipped down and he knows that Bella's now all alone because Nick is no longer there, and she's she's even in the apartment on her own. Like that's a lot because Willow is gone; her entire family is gone, and of course, Bella's going to be acting desperate. She's actually so desperate to help her brother that she even goes to Taylor, her essentially her arch nemesis, asking for help. And like she is worried that he's going to die in there. Like it's, you know, they keep saying the cops won't do well in prison, and. I know nobody knows, but if he's in there for 25 years, they're going to find out at some point. And I thought Taylor was a bit checked out almost, being like, we have to accept the consequences he confessed. And what I thought was a very un-Taylor line, a bit mean, being like when she said, our lives can't stop because Colby's in jail. Like, whoa, that's her brother. So your life may not have to stop because you're getting back with your husband. But, you know, that's his, that's her brother. So that's a bit mean. But anyway... I suppose she has to move on. And I feel bad for Colby because he must feel so helpless when he left that voicemail for Dean, uh, like begging him to not let her down. Like everybody in Bella's life has let her down. So if only you knew where Dean actually was in Mangrove River, getting into bar fights, hooking up with randoms. So much He's gone for so long and not answering so many calls that Bella actually thinks something serious has happened. No, no, no he's just in mangrove river and then i thought when he heard colby's voicemail he would understand and i thought it kind of worked because then he was like oh i have to go to the mangrove river girl and then i was like oh he's heading back to the bay no 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 just heading back to the mangrove pub but anyway it was nice to see ari and mac do a bit of teamwork step in ari's helping to find dean mac's getting bella to move in for a while and lol so much and Mac throwing out the microwave meal of <laughs> That was so funny. It was, like, it was like she was touching toxic waste. So good. But thankfully, Ari eventually finds Dean and they have a lot of chats. And yeah, I think Dean is just bailing on his life because he's scared. And Ari's advice really worked on Dean. Fake it till you make it, essentially. Just pretend you're in the right headspace until you are. And... It makes Dean come back. And and even though Bella is just so intense, like she's so happy to see him, but very, very intense and it's nice to see Dean faking it and just Bella can't see it. But hopefully she eases off so he doesn't run away again. But it's nice to see that he stepped up because nobody does a bender like Mr Dean Thompson and I think we've seen enough for one week. <laughs> Well that about wraps it up for me this week a Big thanks for listening If you want to get in touch You can get me on Instagram At Summer Podcast Or email summerrayspodcast at gmail.com Looking forward to Monday's episode The kind of season finale But then you don't need to wait two months For the new season Very exciting If you have a sec I would love if you could subscribe Rate or review Summer Rays G'day and I'll talk to you next week